Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. another episode of Full Court Press, and man, I am so excited to get to these topics. It's been a crazy, really just like last three days, it's been utterly Mm -hmm. epic. Uh, I'm Nick, I'm your host, Uh, as always, I'm joined by Joel and Jawan. What's up, Joel? What's up? Let's do this. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Jawan, what's going on, my friend? What's going on, guys? Ready to talk some NBA? Yeah, man. I can't wait. All right, so let's get into it. Um, We got a lot of topics to discuss, and we only got two hours to discuss them. So let's just just, just break right in. Uh, The number one topic of the week has got to be Carmelo Anthony gets traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Ennis Cantor, Doug McDermott, and a 2018 second-rounder via Chicago. So it'll be a pretty good pick there. Um, I'm interested Mm -hmm. to hear the viewpoints from two New York Knicks fans. Um, So I'm going to start with you, Joel. Um, What did you think of the trade as far as from the New York Knicks perspective? Um. When I when I got the news, because I mean it was an it's an it was an inevitable thing. When as soon as they said that that he expanded his list, uh, right. I knew it was it was obviously going to happen before media day. So, but right. I was on I was I was waiting in anticipation for something to happen, and then I saw the the tweet um, about him. They have a a deal close with Oklahoma City, and I was like. Oh my God! This is gonna happen. Finally, he's gonna get traded. I mean, it's been, I've been waiting forever for this to happen. And not to say I want to see him leave or anything, but it had to happen. And I just wasn't sure what we would get back for both sides, but right? Kinda, like for right. for both yeah, sides, especially, especially yeah. for both sides, because the Knicks need to start rebuilding, and Melo needs to go chase a ring. And this is a perfect place for him to do it, even though it's on the West, or in the West at least. But if they like. They they do their thing the way they're supposed to. They could at least 
push Golden State to a good series at the very least with the lineup yeah. they already have, just them, you know? At least I think so, you know? I, and I think he will be a starter, obviously. I don't see him not being a starter. But whether it's a three or the four is really dependent on how the coach wants to play it. I think they're personally better with him at the four. I think he personally plays better at this point in his career at the four. With George the three, obviously, Robles can defend the wing. Uh, and uh, obviously, Westbrook does his thing and, and Adams does his thing. But, yeah, I think it's a good move for him personally. I think what we got back are two young, reasonable contracts who, you know, I don't know if they're our future. They can possibly be part of our future, but they don't have to be either. They're, but they're young enough to be if that's what we want to do. Because Enos Kanter right. is 25 and so is McDermott. Uh and I like Canner. I do like Canner, but they, you know these two guys aren't what you call defensive players. <laughs> They're more offensive right. players. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But I'm, like, I'm excited, you know. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like, I I feel like the the way that New York was kind of had their backs against the wall, they weren't going to get equal. They were never going to get equal value from Ella because you never get equal value right. when you trade a superstar. But when you when you break down. Um, the comparisons of, say, what they got versus any other uh, team that traded a superstar this offseason, I don't think right. it's that bad, especially considering the fact that everybody knew Melo wanted to leave and he had such a short list of teams because he had the no-trade clause. I feel like what you got back is reasonable, especially considering how good that uh, second-round pick is going to be from Chicago. Um, Jawan, do you agree with us? Do you think that the the Knicks got enough back um, to reconcile this trade? Uh, I agree with you, Sue, on the premise of you were never going to get back <clears throat> what New York fans were hoping would be the equivalent of, uh, you know, for what we gave OKC. But, I mean, even if you look at the scope of the teams he was willing to go to, that was the best you were going to get. I mean, no one wants Ryan right. Anderson in that contract. Nope. Um, mm-hmm. I, I damn sure don't want Kevin Love, not saying that Cleveland would have gotten rid of him. And I can't really right. think well, of and the rumor, you know, and that. Wait, many, wait, hold on. And, and the rumor is that New York was requesting Tristan Thompson and Tristan a first-round first. pick, which the only mm-hmm. first-round pick that I could imagine, because the, the, the Cavs, don't have their own first-round pick until 2021. Because their 2019 pick is going to the Hawks, and because of the Stepien rule, they can't trade their 18 or 20 picks, so it would be 2021. Like, they're, like, I'm sure the Knicks didn't want their 2021 pick. They wanted that, that Brooklyn pick. And, like, the Cavs right. are not going to give up that Brooklyn pick. So, like, we can just right. come off that, like – yeah, I, again, like, I think you're right, but I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Continue, Juan. No, 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 no. You're, you're absolutely fine. Um, no, but, you know, what we got back is really good. And to Joel's point, uh, Cancer is actually so horrible at defense that Thunder refused <laughs> to play him uh, in the stretch of games Playoff. in the playoffs last year. <laughs> Couldn't guard anyone. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I, I will say it's not a Question. huge problem who's, for us mainly who's, who's because who's better yeah. at defense, uh, Mello or Cantor? <laughs> I'll say this. Uh, I'll say Mello. this. Mello, because Mello's thing isn't a matter of he can't play defense. He just refuses to. He gives very little effort. Right. Cantor just looks right, like right. he gives his all. He just can't guard anybody. 
So I don't have the lateral movement for it. Right. You know? I'll give that that's, advantage that's to Melo. A, a small advantage at that, because I feel like if Melo tried, he's still not like a Tony Allen. But he so basically what you're saying, basically what you're saying is, is Melo doesn't try and Cantor's got those white boy problems. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. He's a plotter, man. Yes, we can, he's a plotter. <laughs> we can, yeah, exactly. We can put it in those yeah. terms. But I mean, when you look at when you look at uh, where New York is at, they're at a very unique st- uh, stance because they can either go forward with Cantor and you know down the stretch if they want for defensive things. They can either move Przingis at the five or throw in Hernan Gomez, mm-hmm. maybe Noah mm-hmm. or O'Quinn, somebody that mm-hmm. can kind of anchor uh, the defensive end down the stretch, getting bored, stuff like that. That's not necessarily a huge issue for them. Or they do have the possibility of shopping around uh, cancer, seeing what else they can get back from that unique piece. Because it is a – I think cancer is still – Oral Quinn. Yeah, for sure. Oral Quinn. Or, or do this. You can either shop cancer or shop O'Quinn with Courtney Lee and see what, what yeah. added well, see, um, see, or draft pieces I, you can I, get from I don't, See, I think you're limiting your possibilities when you pair them together. I think – there are two possibilities that I like um, as far as shopping O'Quinn because he's he's on a like four million dollar contract, um, and not very expensive. I think there are two teams who could use O'Quinn. Um, I think the Utah Jazz could really use O'Quinn because as of right now, mm-hmm. um, you know they have a magnificent starting center in in Rudy Gobert, but their current. Yes, they do. Backup is Tony Bradley, and he's a rookie. Like he's he, well, they he, have um like they got Belon Boy or whatever, however you pronounce that. But he's more of a power forward anyway. Like I think they signed if, another dude though. Oh, did they my just God, recently? Name. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not well, recently. It was like maybe a month ago. I'll tell you right now. Give me a second. Man, I just looked at their lineup. I can't imagine that that would be the case. I was just building their, yeah. their Western Conference. Um, I, well, maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I, I would also say the uh, Los Angeles Clippers because they have pretty much DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, Yo, you're right. The best is a good backup one. center. The best backup center that they have right now is Montrez Harrell, who who came in and played. Some not really valuable minutes. <laughs> yeah, not really at all a center, but he came in and played some valuable minutes for the Rockets uh, when um, when uh, 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 Capella was down uh, last right. season. He was out for like a month or, or a little less, um, and and Harold played some valuable minutes at the at the five. Um, but nevertheless, I got I it. Think, I got it. I think that it's what. Well, who is it? Uh, Ekpe Udo. Remember him. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Uh, the the mm-hmm. um, the guy that he was like a number six overall pick for the Warriors. Yeah. He was like sandwiched yeah. right yeah. in between. I think like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson or something like, or maybe Draymond Green or something. But like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he was like their one nightmare. Pick. <laughs> yeah, he right. was well, their he one bad. He pick. had a good year. The last two years, he's been supposedly killing it in Europe. So. I think he's one of like one okay. of the best players in Europe the last two years. So okay. I, I don't know. Well, Let's yeah, see what maybe, he does in the NBA maybe, now, you know. Okay, so yeah, maybe they've got that figured out. But like, I still think like there are a few teams out there who you could you could see 
um, Kylo Quinn being a, uh, a and, and, and specifically the Clippers. Like, I think if you tried to trade um, him and maybe package somebody who you don't want to keep along uh, uh, in order to get, like, Wesley Johnson, um, who Wesley Johnson – He's not a great player or anything, but like he probably would be your starting small forward. Would you think? Probably, sadly, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and so that's the thing. Like, for for the the Clippers, like, I mean, they have Gallinari, they have Sam Decker, um, they. Uh, so really, like, you want to get Decker minutes? I'm not saying Decker is better than Wesley Matthews, or I'm sorry, uh, right. uh, Wesley Johnson. But, like, I mean, yeah. he, you want to get him minutes. So, like, Wesley Johnson is not really needed on that team, and they need the center. So, if you could package, like, maybe send them uh, uh, Kuzminskis and and uh, Kyle O'Quinn, and you could get Wesley Johnson no. and, and a second rounder, like, yeah, maybe. Maybe that's a good trade. Yeah, I don't, but, I don't know Wesley if I want to give Johnson. up the Kuz. <laughs> I don't know if I want to give yeah. up the Coos, though, Nick. I want the Coos. Yeah, but but hold on, Coos. Coos is on an expiring. He's on he's on an expiring contract, and you already got like four people who can five people who can play small forwards. Like you don't need him. That's my point. Yeah. Like you don't need him. Take he's like the last on your totem pole of small forwards. Like uh, you know, I mean, I I'm just trying to be realistic here. Like. I think that would be a reasonable trade. If you get Wesley Johnson and you get a, like, second rounder, which ain't going to be great. It's going to be, like, you know, 45. But, you know, I mean, it's better it's, it's better than, than you know, what you got. And, you and but by the way, y'all need to get rid of players. Like, <laughs> y'all yeah. got way too many yeah. fucking players as it is. You're going to have to start cutting motherfuckers when the season starts to get down to 15. Yeah, it's going to happen. So, it's going to happen. Yeah. I'm just saying. Um, but anyway, I'm sorry. I, I feel like I um, I kind of cut off a point there for you, Jawan. Correct me if I'm wrong. We can move on if, if I am. No, no, no. Go ahead. You can go ahead and move on. Okay, cool. Um, well, we got a caller, um, so I'm going to put you on Woo! caller. And uh, all right, caller, you are on. Uh, please uh, give us your name and let us know what you think uh, as far as how the Knicks fared with this uh, Mellow trade. Hey, guys, it's Chris again. Back in that. Hey, uh, what's up, Chris? Welcome back, man. Okay. Um, just want to just wanna say real quick, like, Kuzminskis is probably one of the best players on uh, the Knicks right now, so <laughs> this one. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. <laughs> like, he's, not, he's not bad. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, he's yeah, not bad, he's not man. bad, but like, I don't even, I don't even put him ahead of Michael Beasley, man. I'm yeah. sorry. He's like yeah. third, third string. <laughs> but um, going over the trade, um, I mean, what the Knicks got back was, you know, something that they're they're going to lack. Um, you know, it's it's scoring. You know, because you know, only person now you really got to have putting the ball in the bucket really is um. Is um, Porzingis uh, and his Cantor. Porzingis, right. Hardaway, and Cantor. I feel like yeah, all Beasley. those guys can put the ball in Beasley the bucket. Yeah, and Beasley. Yeah. Beasley can put the ball in the bucket. But all of those guys lack defense. 
except yeah. for maybe Porzingis, and it's spotty at best. Yeah, because you right. know it, Beasley Beasley's kind of sketchy at times. You know, you know he can't he can put the sure. ball in the bucket uh, once in a while. You know yeah. what I mean? But like I said, you you yeah, got like now. Yeah. yeah, he is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the that's, that's I think the, to your point to your point, Chris. Um, the biggest thing I'm concerned about is an issue Przingis has not been able to correct since he's been drafted is foul mm-hmm. trouble and foul trouble early. So when he's right. on the bench, I need to know that there's someone besides Hardaway um, that can get buckets for it. So Cancer definitely fits that bill. Beasley yeah, yeah. plays really well, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm dependent on him on a day to day. Hardaway, we're paying him way too much money for him not to be dependent. On well, a day-to-day let me day-to-day just tell you, as a Hawks fan who watched the playoffs, you can't depend on him day-to-day. I'm just telling you. <laughs> but he was, like, what, your fourth option, right? Because you had Bazemore, you had Millsap, you had Howard. No, 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 He was our second option. Millsap was our first, he right. was our second, and he disappeared. Right. So we had to, like, elaborate, uh, you know. like he, like he, So Bazemore wasn't, wasn't your second? I mean, uh, oh no, Bazemore was not coming off. Bazemore, no, no, no. Bazemore was coming off the bench, man. Bazemore, oh, okay. like cool, our cool. our starting our starting yeah. lineup was was Schroeder, Hardaway, Prince, Millsap, and Howard. Like that was our starting lineup right, in the playoffs right. throughout the whole playoffs. Okay. So yeah, now Bazemore was the like coming spot. off the bench, and and for whatever reason, um, uh, Coach Bud decided to like make make Bazemore our backup point guard, which was. Stupid. But anyway, I digress. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like I said, like you, like it's kind of, like it kind of reminds me of the situation in like OKC when you know when Durant got moved and then you start like getting guys you know around like kind of like Russell Westbrook and stuff like that, kind of similar to that. So you know they got out, got a bunch of guys that can like put the ball in the buck, uh, put the ball in the basket. You know, but like I said, the whole thing is like, are they like, is Hardaway going to disappear? Um, you know, can you know, can uh, you know, Cantor can you know, Cantor score or you know, it's it, it's just a lot of variables, a lot of changes like they got to worry about now because you know now it's just up in the air. So you know, it's a new direction for them. It's, it's good, but you know, it's just a lot you got to really think about when it comes to the Knicks. I mean, yeah, I well, and, and, no, and I. <laughs> I I agree in the sense of this, like, I think there are a lot of variables, and I honestly think I I really struggle to to figure out how they're going to run their lineup because, to me, I mean, Phil Jackson was quoted as saying last year, and, of course, like, Phil Jackson has become like a four-letter word with, you know, the Knicks um, organization – um, but he was quoted as saying last year that he thought Porzingis and Hernan Gomez was the future of the Knicks. And so I kind of wonder, mm-hmm. like, how exactly they're going to use Cantor. Like, that's my only – like, I like Cantor. I'm with Joel. Like, I really, really like Cantor. In fact, um, back when um, back when Al Horford was a free agent, I was one of the people um, of very few – uh, Hawks fans who was suggesting that we should sign and trade Al Horford for Cantor and maybe another piece to make the, the contract work um, because I like Cantor that much. I really, I think he's a really, really solid player. Um, but 
nevertheless, like how much of that is going to impact um, Herning Gomez's um, uh, growth? Like that's what really concerns me with the Knicks. But uh, Jawan, you were going to make. Think they can complement each other. I hope so. Jawan. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Well, um, oh. Joel can. <laughs> no, no, I'm here. Joel can attest to this. Um, Hernan Gomez and Przingis both starting together was one of the bright spots you could take from last season. Um, right. So yep. I think if if you're For the sure. Knicks, I think you don't mess that flow up. Um, yeah, I think I you have Cantor come off the bench because you can I have agree. Irwin at the at the four and Cantor at the five, and then whoever yeah. else you have in coming off the bench. I think that's the yeah. best way to do it, mainly because you traded. Man. Um, right, you traded to get what? rid of Melo. You didn't trade looking to get Cantor, so it's not like you told Cantor coming in like, "Hey, you're going to be a starter. You're going to be a right. twenty point right. per game guy." So right. he doesn't have any illusions of that. So I don't think you play any games, you let them know, hey, you're coming off the bench. Our whole process is to see what these young guys can be. Um, and I think right. Milikina, Hernan Gomez, Przingis, that trio there. Uh, well, if you want to add in Hardaway too, but I'm talking the more uh, the, the newer guys. Um, that's right. the future right. for the Knicks. And I think you don't go away from that. And I also want to make a really quick point um, – because I know Joel's been seeing it, too, because we've been liking the same videos on Instagram. I'm liking uh, Nilakina's <laughs> jump shot. His jump shot's not Oh, I bad, love Nilakina. Not yeah, at all. Yeah, like Dude, I already, I already said, like, if I was in charge of the Hawks today, I would figure out a trade in which y'all could have Dennis Schroeder and I could get Nilakina. <laughs> like, I like oh, I'm already... <laughs> like well, no 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 like I know I know like now no 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 get, don't get me wrong I know now you wouldn't want to do that because you've got your right. your your building and everything else but like at the time of like the mm-hmm. the draft and everything I was like working out all these different scenarios where we could move Dennis Schroeder in order to get Frank Nilakina because I just think he would fit our timeline so much better and I genuinely think he is going to be an amazing player. I, I like I, I don't think he's going to be Giannis good, um, but I think he's gonna be just a notch under Giannis good. Like he's not gonna be on that top tier ever. Um and I think Giannis is on that second tier right now and he's about to be, after this season he might be on that top tier. Um which, you know, just for reference, that top tier is like five players. Um, it, right. I mean, it's, yeah, that's true. It, you know, it's 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 pretty yeah. much uh, LeBron, Steph, KD, uh, and not in this order. In order, LeBron, KD, um, uh, uh, Kawhi, uh, Russ, and Steph. Um, right. But like, but like, he's gonna be there very soon. Um, but I, but I think Nilakina is gonna be on that on that um, just underneath tier. Um, when his when his career gets going, um, and yeah. He, yeah, I'm super high on him. And, I think he's going to be. Great and that's for you why, guys. and that's why it's important so. to have, and that's why it's important to have him, Perzingas, and Hernan Gomez together in that starting lineup yeah. for the mm-hmm. three of them to to grow together, for that to actually groom into becoming something, uh, you know, that teams are really going to have to look out for every night. But if you have yeah. Hernan Gomez coming off the bench, you kind of mess that up. Yeah. Right. I think you got absolutely. Right. 
Absolutely. Um, well, guys, we got to move on. We got, we got, uh, we've already like delved into 23 minutes of this show. Um, so let's let's Jeez. move on to the OKC side. Um, they add Carmelo Anthony, and like I just want to point this out. Like first and foremost, um, Joel and I were talking about this earlier today. Um, the fact that Sam Presti was able to pretty much turn Sergi but in, in in just over a year's time, he was able to turn Sergi Baca, um, uh, Anthony Morrow, uh, Cameron Payne, and um, ah fuck, there was one other guy. Um, uh, but he was able to turn a, a, a bunch of role players. And even once he traded those people for the other people that he got, which he then traded for the superstars, he was able to trade a bunch of role players into right. Carmelo Anthony and Paul George. Like, GM of the year, like, already? Like, <laughs> is anyone going to argue me? Is anyone going to argue me that, like, I don't, I don't think no. you have any ground to stand on, right? Right. No. I mean, that's, that's yeah. No. Yeah, Chris, you you start us off with this one. Like, I mean, come on. Like, just like Sam Presti's a genius, and 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 furthermore, what do you expect from this OKC lineup? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's a, like this. Think about it. Like, like this. Think about it. OKC had a whole bunch of role guys. You know, this last year they had a bunch of role guys. They, you know, Victor Oladipo. He was like up in the cloud somewhere. I mean, I thought he was going to be a good addition and God knows what happened to him. And then he just had a bunch of guys and to be able to move all those guys. And then you're able to get Paul George and you're able to get Carmelo Anthony. And then and you you're probably going to be. And you didn't even have to give up Steven Adams. Like, exactly. No. Yeah. Like, what do you, I mean, the thing is that I think right now, like, you know, like, I think they had. I think me and Juwan was talking about it. How they had the uh, the Rockets at number two in the league, or something like that. I'm not uh, able yeah. to remember. But the, the Thunder are up there now. There's probably like top three, top five, you know, teams in the mm-hmm. league right now. You know, so I mean, now it's just really, really to see like how they're going to, you know, how the chemistry is going to be. Um, I think it's going to be a lot better for Russell. So he, I mean, we were me and Juwan was talking about how. I don't know how he's going to get like 40 shots a game. I don't think that's not going to happen. Um, but you know, just 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 to see what's going to happen, like how the offense is going to flow, um, how good they're going to be, you know. True. Yeah. Yeah, man, it, it'll be fucking fun as hell to watch. That's for damn sure. Um, uh, Joel, what do you think about uh, what Sam Presti was able to do, and what do you think about the lineup that Thunder has? Uh, it's impressive. Uh, it's impressive what he pulled off and what the pieces he had. Because I'm like, he ain't really give up any stars. And it all, it, it, it's, I think about it, and I'm like, honestly, that Paul George trade was a robbery, right? I mean, we could all agree that that was kind of like right. nothing. Oladipo mm. and um, what's his name? And Sabonis. Uh, Sabonis, Sabonis. And I like Sabonis. Okay. I, thought, I think he has potential. But, man, yeah. you gave up two guys, those two guys, for Paul George. And that all came yeah. down to situation. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's just crazy. And then right now you got the again another situation. It just fit. It just came. The timing was right, and, and, and the Thunder made their moves, and they did enough to get these players. But I mean, I think a lot of it had to do with obviously just really good timing. 
because obviously Paul George is going into free agent the following year. He already said he wanted to leave to go to Los Angeles. So Indiana's like, we got to trade this dude eventually anyway. I just think they could have got better. I mean, they could have got a better trade, but it just obviously didn't work out that way. And then, of course, you got the Carmelo trade. They didn't really give up much. They gave up Canner. I know they love Canner, and I know Canner loves them. But they did what they had to do to get back a piece to make them a championship team. And I think they're one step closer, a lot closer than they were last year. Mm -hmm. Fuck yeah. Yeah, they are absolutely way closer than they were last year. Um, And I'll have uh, some bits of information about that later. But in the meantime, Jawan, what do you think about the trade? What do you think about Sam Presti's ability to to pull these kinds of deals off? And and let me just throw this in there for you. What do you think about uh, KD, like, just coming out and talking shit about uh, OKC's uh, uh, basically uh, coach and team and, and, and how they didn't have anybody, and now all of a sudden – they have mm-hmm. three all stars. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 like, isn't that isn't that just crazy timing? Like a slap yeah, in the mouth. It's it's amazing yeah. timing, but it's it's Sam Presti telling the world, "Look what I can do! Look what I can do with right. very little, and how I can spin it." And Nick, correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. Isn't he over the the luxury tax uh, when Way he brought over. in Melo? Isn't he paying? So, yeah, mean, he was already God. over the luxury tax. Now he's about exactly. $5 million more over the luxury exactly. tax. Exactly. This is a guy who's trying to tell other owners and stuff out there, like, listen, if you talk about winning, we're showing we're trying to win. Because there's a lot mm-hmm. of owners who go, yeah, we'll do whatever we can to win. And then when opportunities like a Paul George trade or a Mellow trade happens where they may have to go over, they don't make Crazy. certain things like this happen. So you know, although I will easy. say, although I will say, Juwan, uh they actually uh, reduced their salary cap on that Paul George trade. <laughs> oh, they did, did. They? they did, they did. You are right. You are yeah. right. You are right. The mellow, about, the by, mellow is what put by, them back up there. Yeah, yeah. Mellow is what, well, they were already over the the the, the luxury tax um, because of the extensions that they offered to Oladipo and Adams. But like, nevertheless, uh, like, yeah, they they cut they cut their uh, their um, payroll by about two and a half million dollars for that uh, Paul George trade, which is just again hilarious that they were able to pull that off. Yeah, and I'll say this: um, this team, what I think could really, really, really make this team dangerous is if Roberson can develop even an ounce of a jump shot. Because at yeah, that yeah, point, for at that yeah. point, then one through four, you have to you have to actually guard like Roberson. Now you can kind of back off him like you back off Adam. Um, right. You know, yeah. and you just, yeah, your focus your focus is Westbrook, George, and and Mello. But if he can develop mm-hmm. even the smallest of the jumper, just something efficient around that inside mark, then you kind of have to go. All right, well, I can't necessarily double this you know, double these guys because that guy can, can hit these open shots, you know, to where last year they were just like, yeah, last year they were just like, ah, fuck it, leave him open. Let's see what he can do. Um, So this team, I will say this, if I'm Durant, all that smack I was talking, I'm coming out tomorrow and I'm going, hey guys, 
Drinking does a lot, man. I was partying that night. I drank a little bit. Uh, out of my mind. Smoking that bud. I don't exactly. I don't. I don't want to see you guys in the conference finals. So you know, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry now. See, but so here's the thing, man. Go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go, I was just gonna say. Well, because um, if if go ahead, go ahead, Nick. Well, no. Here's the thing. I would just say if I was Durant, like. I would probably come out tomorrow and say something to the effect of, um, man, like, I can't believe Sam Presti uh, achieved what he was able to achieve. And just leave it at that. Because, I mean, that in and of itself is an honest statement. Um, It doesn't suggest too much. Um, and, And, you know, like, Durant's got like a, He's got just a, a terrible um, uh, uh, social media persona right now. And a little bit of honesty, <laughs> like, he didn't have to fully say that he's, he's like, because he already kind of backhanded apologized for what he, mm-hmm. for, like, trying to use his fake Twitter account and actually using his real account and, and, and talking mm-hmm. shit about the, the Thunder, like, I think it would go a long way for him just to be like, Sam Presti, good on you. Like, g- great moves. You know, like, just, to act, just I mean, just recognize what we all recognize. And, and, and I don't know, I, th- I think that would be a much more um, effective move at trying to restore his persona than, you know, trying to, be any more deceitful than he has been from this point. I I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, Joanne? Do you think uh, that um, do you think that that would be tactical or technically smart, or do you think that that like maybe that that would just serve the purpose of fodder for the media to be like, oh, is KD yeah, wishing blah blah blah. Yeah, it's 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 something that the media is going to take as oh, he's mending fences for OKC in case, you know, he wants to come back later in his career or something like that. Sure. But I'm KD. Yeah. I'm leaving, yeah, I'm leaving the that. whole situation. I'm leaving the whole situation alone. I always said I think Durant's issue was he thought once he went there, the reaction that he got, the media saw him as a bad guy. And instead of embracing that like LeBron did when he first went to Miami, he kept he trying to be this good it. guy. Right, mm-hmm. he kept trying to be this good guy. LeBron was just like, fuck it. You think I'm a bad guy? We're going to wear all black. We're going to be villains. And they embraced yep. it. So the media was just like, I can't hate LeBron. And then started loving him again. So Durant had mm-hmm. an identity crisis when LeBron was just sitting there like, fuck it. Whatever you think I am, I am. I'll embrace well, it. Yeah, and well, and I, I don't think it can be um, it, it can be overlooked that LeBron didn't go to the team that beat him. In the conference, that, that like that I, I, I like, I, yeah. I mean, I really do think that is like the biggest. And he lost his first finals thing. appearance with them. Yeah, and that too, which which kind of which almost kind of rallies the 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 public around you, like when you lose, and like and 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 don't get me wrong, I was rooting, I was rooting against fucking Miami the whole way through, except me for. Too. Honestly, honestly, except for the final, um, the final one, because I did want to, I did want to see LeBron get a three P. I don't know why, I just 
I, I did, and he didn't, and whatever. It just goes to show you whoever I root for loses. Um, except <laughs> for in 2015. Um, but uh, but nevertheless, uh, like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think that is 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 so interesting as it as it revolves around Katie. But this this subject's not about Katie. Um, I think that the Thunder are in a very actionable position. I think that they have a lot of ways um, to make shit work. And we're going to get to that in just a minute because I want to get to another subject um, before I, I, I break down why I think what they're doing is going to um, essentially combat the Warriors. I think they are building a team that is going to combat the Warriors, but we'll get to that in a minute. First, I want to jump on the topic of in incongruence with this trade, Cantor, mm-hmm. he bid he bidded bed. I don't know how you would say that mm-hmm. in past tense. Uh, farewell <laughs> to the Thunder organization yeah. and their fans. Um, he and did he did it. Yes. And he did it in a, uh, a little social media post. Um, and he said uh, a lot of things in the post, or really not a lot, but a few things in the post. Um, he basically mm-hmm. um, said how much he appreciated the Thunder, how much um, they meant to him for providing him uh, a family when he had lost his own family, um, mm-hmm. both the team and the community. And uh, he left uh, – there's two things of significance at the end of this video that I think are, are very telling, um, one of which is he basically said, please beat the Thunder. That's all I want you guys to do because uh, <laughs> fuck them. And I love that. I love that. I love that he just it, – that's it's so ingrained in him, like – Fuck the Thunder. I'm sorry, fuck, fuck the Warriors. I'm sorry. I, don't, I think I said yeah. Thunder the other time, too. Fuck the Warriors. Like, just beat the Warriors. Like, that's all I care about. Like, just do that for me. And one more thing. He said, I'll see you soon. He said that to the Thunder fans. Um, and to anyone who was watching that video, um, I... I you could take that at, 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 at face value and say, you know, well, of course the Knicks will play the Thunder. Um, I I tend to think um, if all of those guys stay, like if they either, you know, compete for a championship and come close and they all stay or they win a championship and they all stay, I, I think Canner's going back to OKC next year because he can opt out next year. Um, if they don't mm-hmm. all stay, I think he'll opt in. And because he's going to stand to make way more money if he opts in than he can anywhere else, um, because his his value, it, the value of a of an offensive centric center, is not seventeen million dollars a year. Let's just be honest. Um, but mm-hmm. I I seriously think that um, we will see him on the Thunder again, uh, Chris. Um, what yep. do you think about uh, uh, Cantor's comments? And do you think I'm crazy? Do you think do you think he could be back in OKC as soon as next year? No, I don't think you're crazy. I mean, because you know, take a look at the uh, the West. 
I mean, this team is going to compete for a championship against the Warriors. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. these are probably one of the teams that can actually probably beat the Warriors, um, you know. But, I mean, I'm, I'm not I – mean, we got to see. Um, but, yeah, I mean, nowadays it's not really about the money. I mean, take a look at KD. He took a big cut just to uh, mm-hmm. just to stay on the Warriors, you know. So, I mean, it's all about winning championships. And the Thunder is going to – you know, the Thunder, you know, might win a championship. I mean, let's. I mean, let's see how uh, let's see how it unfolds. Um, but you know, you know, and his cancer. You know, he's. I mean, good. I mean, it's, I mean, I know it's sad for him to leave. Um, but you know, it's a new new city he's going to be in. Um, he's he's going to be able to do good things there. I think. You know, a little bit. I mean, it's because you know the roster's kind of up in the air. Um, it's not. You know, it's not really set in stone. Like who's going to play, who's going to start. Um, but you know, it's. It's all. Let's see what happens. You know. Indeed, um, Joel. Uh, do you think I have any leg to stand on as far as saying Cantor will be back next year? And furthermore, what do you think about Cantor saying, "All I want you to do is beat the Warriors. Please beat the Warriors. Uh, please beat the Warriors." Uh, I look, man. It's not crazy. Uh, I think it's quite possible it could happen. I don't know if he's willing to to literally just give up all that money, honestly. That's a lot of money he'd be giving up, and I don't think they're going to have enough. If they're all together, to pay him anywhere near what he is making. Or oh, will no, make he, he would be taking a vet. He would be taking a vet minimum, which means yeah. he would be giving all about up the chips, probably about, about $16 million. But he's 25. Dollars. He could, he could <laughs> like, he's right. young. That's the thing. Well, see, but that's what the I'm saying. Guys, he's 25, so that that's kind of my point is that he could go take a vet minimum to play with them for a year, and then and then go sign a, another contract. I'm not saying I'm he's going to about money to leave on the table. I agree. Right, no, yeah, one year. You know, that's just a lot of money, and I don't know if he'll get that money I agree. back. I don't. Know. I, I agree. Gonna give him I that totally agree. Again, you know. Okay. Yeah, but I don't think it's crazy at all. No, if it happens, I'm like, oh shit. No, I wouldn't be surprised at all. But uh, yeah, I brought yo him saying beat the Warriors, just beat the Warriors, do that for me. Like, I loved it. That was one of my favorite parts of the whole thing, the saying goodbye. That was really heartfelt because I know he really loves OKC. That was mm-hmm. his family. And he's been defending them the whole summer. And then he like, he understood it was a business decision. They had to do what they had to do. And they knew this was the best for them going forward. And he also he wants to see them do. And I think the, the OKC has a chance now to at least give the Warriors a fight. Because they can really match, they match up pretty damn well. I mean, honestly, if OKC yeah. goes up against the Warriors, you really got to worry about Melo guarding Draymond Green, really, because everybody else can defend pretty well at the position. You know what I mean? Right. Well, yeah, and and the other thing is too, like, just the utmost professionalism, like, for him to get yeah, on there and to say, like, man, I love you guys. You gave me a family. <clears throat> I will always like. He, he, like, pointed to his heart and said, you will always be right here. It honestly kind of reminded me of, like, the, the letter that Mello wrote as far as New York, which is really interesting mm-hmm. that you have two players swapping places um, who who both kind of feel that same way about the fan base um, and, right. and, and canter about the organization, not so much Mello about the organization, but, but like, about just, you know, the, the, the place the that they were. Um yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Jawan, um, what do you think about uh, everything we've just talked about? Um, yeah, no, I don't 
I don't see him going back. Uh, Joel, Joel's point is what made me say I don't think he's coming back. I didn't know the guy was 25. He's most definitely not coming back. <laughs> He wants that $18 million, right? Yeah, absolutely. If he was one of those guys. Okay, so maybe he'll go back after that contract is up. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. If he was one of those guys guys that got money outside of the game of basketball, then I'd be like, all right, well, that's not necessarily going to hurt him that much to take the veteran's minimum to go back home. Those guys guys seem to be the guys guys. who want want those big contracts, those guys who get the money outside of basketball. But I see your point. I do see your point. I do see your point. Well, they, their point yeah. is more so principle rather than they need the money. It's right. more so principle. Right. Like, right. I, I feel as right. I'm the best player, so you should pay me the mm-hmm. money. So, that, right. you know, I understand that fundamental difference. But um, <laughs> I thought it was funny because they were like, hey, man, listen, we love you so much, but there's this guy named Mello we could kind of maybe get. So, yeah, we're going to trade you. Sorry, but <laughs> – we kind of want to win, and you're not really helping that. So. It is, it is yeah, ironic yeah, that he literally that. just yeah, came out to defend much. OKC and talk about how, like, great the organization was and everything else. And, like, because of KD's, like, tweets and him talking shit, and then he gets traded. That is ironic. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a little ironic. Sucks for him. Um, it definitely does suck for him. I, I did want to and, say, and, and CJ McCollum K- even pointed that out in a tweet. I don't know if y'all saw it, but he definitely uh, highlighted he did. that. Uh, he did. Yeah, I saw, Wait, I saw it. Nick, I saw it. Nick, speaking of yes. CJ McCollum, did you did you see his tweet that I knew you were going to fall in love with? What? He goes, Western Conference games are going to be like Game of Thrones battles against White Wall, yeah. against the White Wall. <laughs> I, did, I did see that. Yeah. I, yeah, that was terrific. I was dying laughing. I was like, I cannot wait to tell Nick that if he didn't see it. I was dying. Because the Western yeah, Conference, it was... man, and uh, someone did point out the, the days, and you guys might disagree, but I think with moves like this from the West, um, from Western Conference, it's making it harder and harder for the days of teams that go like 40, 40 and something, uh, 40 wins and something odd losses to make the playoffs. You, you might have teams that are like 54 and 36 that are the eighth seed. You know what I'm saying? So the West is definitely starting to get a lot. I don't know if I go lot. that far, but I get your point there. I get your point there. I'm just saying the the days of like where you know mediocrity could make the playoffs is definitely starting to to exit as far as the Western Conference. To where it's yeah, not like no. one of those things where it's like, well, it was like, oh man, they made the they made the AFC. Now it's going to be more so like you're like, oh, I could I could definitely see how they rounded out the the eight teams to to make the playoffs. But no, I, I definitely yeah. agree with the guy, the point you guys are making about cancer. Um, a lot of people keep saying oh, it's not going to work. You have three ball-dominant guys. I say this to that. You have Russell Wait, Westbrook. wait, wait, wait. Juwan, 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 Juwan. We'll get into that. Yeah. Let's, let's oh, hold okay. on to that. <laughs> we'll get into that in just a minute. Um, yeah, Can man, I say Juwan, one you're thing? Trying to, you're always trying to get ahead of the game, man. Like, why are you always I'm trying sorry, to get ahead man. of the game? Um, hey, who, can I say uh, one I'm thing? sorry. Who wants to – yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um. 
I, I, like, I finally got to hear Enos Cannon talk uh, during media day today because I, I watched a lot of the, the New York Knicks media day uh, this morning. And sure. I got to say, man, he, like, I, I, he grew on me, like, right away. I just heard the one interview with him, and he is, like, a ball of fire with energy. He, he's going to be yeah. very fun here if he stays around. I really like that guy. He, he could talk. For a guy, I didn't Dude. know he was that, uh, that, that had that, that personality. He's really cool. <laughs> no, see, and that's the thing. I've been saying that forever, which is why I wanted the Hawks to get him. Like, when the, right. when the Hawks, when the Hawks um, uh, essentially uh, signed uh, Dwight Howard, like, I wanted us, instead of doing that, to sign and trade Al Horford to the uh, – to, to the um, OKC in order to get Cantor. Um, right. And, and we would have had to take him back another player to make the contracts work. Um, maybe like a right. Kyle Singler or whatever. Um, but, like, but like, I wanted to do that because I've always liked Cantor. I think he, like, I love, I, I like him more as a person than I do even as a player. Like, he I is agree just, with that, yeah. yeah. He is just like a stand-up dude. He's got passion. Um, like if if you remember when he was hurt, when he like kind of stupidly punched a fucking chair and was, mm-hmm. had his had his wrist or his his wrist hurt or whatever. Um, right. In that game, in that game, but the, but in that game against um, Golden State, when uh, when OKC started to come back in the third quarter and you know, there was that kind of still shot or whatever of, of Russ yapping at, at, at KD saying, I'm coming. Um, and, and then KD started to kind of clap back at him. Cantor was the first fucking person off that bench in a suit, no less, to run up and get <laughs> Russ's back. He was the first person off that bench to be like, yeah, I gotcha, son. And, and, and like, that's the thing, like, I, I I feel like I feel like good good on um good on uh their general manager um to to basically um not put emotions so far from uh in front of uh you know uh, decision making and what needs to be done because um, mm-hmm. I feel like anybody with an emotional stake would have had a hard time doing that um, but anyway let's move on. We got a lot of other topics. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, he had a press conference today, and it was fucking awesome. It was my favorite mm-hmm. press conference of the day. LeBron James's <laughs> press conference was the most important of the day, but Carmelo's was my favorite. Um, so essentially, I'm just going to throw out the main points of what happened through Carmelo's press conference, and we're going to throw it around from there. So Carmelo... That's a bunch of questions. Uh, he talked about playing the four. He said he's there to score. He's not there to just get rebounds. He's not that kind of player. And he scoffed. Kind of, that scoffed may be a a, a, a a little bit of a thick word there, but like he kind of he kind of laughed at, at the notion of playing a bench role um, with all of these with all of these little uh, 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 notions 
What do you think about that, Joel? I want to start with you on this one. Uh, it was a very, very entertaining uh, interview. Uh, like he legit said, "Who me?" Like he was like surprised. Like you serious? <laughs> Talking to me? Yeah, that that, that was my <laughs> favorite part. He said, "Who me? I'm a player." For this. He said, "He <laughs> said, and, and like I, I so badly like he looked at as somebody out in the crowd and said." He's telling me I gotta play off the bench. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, hey, Joe, they they telling me I gotta play on the and bench. Was, I'm like, what? And it was it was charismatic, <laughs> was it not? Like, I was. There I, was. I thought there was an era of charisma there, but anyway, go ahead, man. No, that was probably the most uh, entertaining I've seen him in years. <laughs> like, he was actually it was a positive <laughs> shock. He was like, like, yeah, okay, sure, like I'm gonna play on the bench. Right. Over who? Patrick Patterson? No, nah, I don't think so. That's not the point. <laughs> the point is, it was a great interview. He was. I, I loved a hoodie mellow in the jersey pictures. Like, what was <laughs> what was that? <laughs> it looked so uncomfortable wearing that hoodie with the jersey over it. But, yeah. I mean, that's him. That's him now. That's hoodie mellow is what he's just saying. <laughs> hoodie mellow came to OKC this, this, right now. We win in this chip. That, that's what he's going to do. Hoodie mellow's in OKC. And, I, I mean... I, I like. I wish him all the best because I'm never gonna forget the day that we got mellow in New York, and that whole "I'm coming home" song played. It was one of my like the best feelings as a Nick to watch that that one day, and now to see him go. I wish him all the best, honestly, and uh, I think he's gonna do wonders there in OKC. Hopefully for him, you know. Fuck yeah, man. Well, hey, uh, as far as uh, wishing people the best, and you know, coming from. Uh, their own towns and everything. I got to go to Juwan. Juwan, what did you think about the uh, the press conference with Mella? Wait, so we're saying, in all honesty, like in all seriousness, Mello was officially traded. He's not still a Nick. <laughs> no, he's gone. No, um, yeah, he's uh, gone, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was it was definitely a really fun, uh, a really a really fun moment watching Melo, just looking at peace and very happy, uh, the most happy he's looked in a basketball season in years. Um, yeah. So that definitely – I was definitely happy to see that because that's when, – when you have someone that tried to do all he could for a franchise, but there were obvious roadblocks um, every step of the way, you just want a guy like that to just succeed, a guy like that to do well. Um, so it's good to see him at peace and at and and happy. But OKC didn't just get mellow; they got his uh, his uh, alternate ego, the assassin hoodie mellow. So that <laughs> they can get that they can get that assassin oh, hoodie that, mellow. That dreaded hoodie mellow. I love that, it. <laughs> if they can get that assassin, the league don't mellow, want to face hoodie mellow. <laughs> they don't want to see hoodie mellow. You know what? I was honestly saying, OKC, if they're smart, like when they ran with that whole cupcake thing for Durant, they should make a a um, a cut hoodie that he can wear during shoot around uh, and free yeah. game and everything. This they should make that for Melo. Have a cupcake on the top? No. <laughs> I, was just, I was just saying how how creative OKC can be. Give him oh, that, that, that hoodie. Brilliant. Give him yeah. well only only put the cupcake when they play uh, the Warriors. But if right, you give him right, that yeah. hoodie right before right before every game, you know you're getting assassin mellow. So if they can give that to to the OKC fan base, man. But no, in all, all seriousness. 
this is a great moment. And like I said before, I just want to see him uh, succeed. He looks happy. He looks like this is this is what he's been waiting for, a moment like this with a talent like this. So I just hope he can do what he needs to do and, and uh, take that all the way to the championship. Um, but as far as him laughing at playing off the bench, that reporter had to have asked that question as a joke. There's no way he was serious. There was no way when those words were <laughs> no, coming out he, of his I mouth. I think he was. I think he was, though. I think he, he was. was. I think he was, too. And if, if yeah, and serious, like, and and that's just ridiculous. Like, d- d- fuck you. If, <laughs> like, if he like, was serious, I, I assume he had no idea who who was on the bench that they were suggesting would be starting. No, over I honestly, I don't think <laughs> it's that. All-star. I don't think it's that. I think, I think, I think he's just got a a, a, a honestly like a mixed uh, interpretation of what bench role means and like how you can be a starter and still be a contributor when um your your uh most of your starters aren't on the floor anymore but we'll get to that in a minute because i got a i got a long kind of spiel about that and i don't want to take up too much time with it um but first i want to get to chris chris what did you think about Mello's interview Talks about how he was cool with playing the four. Um, says he's there to to score the basketball. He's not there just to rebound. He's not there to be like a Chris Bosh or a uh, Kevin Love. And uh, you know he essentially said, you know, fuck a bench roll. I mean, I think everybody said it. I mean, the main part is he had that hoodie on the whole time. Um, I think he's going to have it yeah, under did. his jersey. I think he's gonna have it under his jersey the whole season. I think, um, but um, yeah, I mean that that whole press conference when I was watching, I was like, yeah, man, like this is like you see how happy he was and how excited he was. You know, he talked a little bit about you know what's going on in Puerto Rico. You know how he's you know giving back during the hurricane. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks but, for bringing um, that up. By the way, by the way, uh, uh, fucking, I think Carmelo Anthony is the only sports athlete to bring up Puerto Rico. In the past, well, like, he's Puerto Rican. We, yeah, well, <laughs> I, yeah, no, well, he's got familial ties to Puerto Rico anyway. But like, yeah, seriously, though, like, that's a big thing. Like, man, like anybody who's listening, like, if you've got money, go look at what Puerto Rico's going through. Donate to them, man. They just got fucking yeah. fucked by a hurricane, and like, they yeah. don't. They, it's not. It's not like Houston. It's not like. It's not like New Orleans. They can't just go to Atlanta or go to Austin, Texas, or go somewhere else. They are trapped on that island. Like, donate, mm-hmm. uh, figure out a way that you yep. can help out uh, the cause with that. Um, but yeah. anyway, uh, I'm sorry, Chris. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. I just felt like that was an important uh, point to point out. Yeah, all good. Yeah, it is important because you know when you when you look at it, I mean, all we see on TV is all about you know what's going on in Houston. This that there are a lot. Not what's happening, you know, mm-hmm. in those islands, you know, because you know I'm you know I'm from Jamaica, you know, you know it's you know it's when mm-hmm. the hurricanes and things come through there, you know, not a lot of people talk about it. I think it's very important that you know. And, you know, right. athletes come, you know, they pull up and they support, you know, where they're from and, um, you know, all, you know, all for Melo. I mean, he's doing a great job of what he's doing. Um, but getting a little bit more on the basketball side, um, um, and I just 
comes back to you know him playing on the bench. You know, it was like hilarious. You know, really funny. Um, but I like to see because the thing is that when you actually look at it, you know, the Thunder don't don't you know the guys are coming off the bench for the Thunder. Uh, it's kind of iffy, you know. But I, but you know, you know especially now that they lost Cantor. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. So so now, I mean, it's going to be very, very interesting how they're going to be able to, you know, incorporate, um, you know, different, you know, um, how they're going to incorporate the starters into the bench um, and, you know, how that's going to work out for them. But, you know, Melo yep. Mello's going to do some good things this year with his hoodie. Absolutely, with his hoodie. Definitely. <laughs> absolutely, man. Oh, yeah. Well, all right. Let me Let me try to combine – several topics into one as to conserve time because we got about an hour left and we got um, several topics left. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to combine a few into one. Um, Dwayne Wade, he's been released. And so he thinks, uh, or, or I guess the media thinks his possible destinations are Cleveland, Miami, San Antonio, and mm. OKC. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this and right the now. Next. Fuck yeah, okay. I'm saying this right now. <laughs> Dwayne Wade is going to OKC, and this is why. OKC offers him the best position to be able to um, play his game. Uh, I mean, put it this way. Uh, fucking Miami's got like five shooting guards. Uh, San Antonio's got like four. Uh, mm-hmm. Cleveland has three. Um, and then like these are these. I'm I'm sorry. Let me let me rephrase this because um, they're, they're like they have uh, reasonably decent shooting guards. Um, like these aren't like they don't they don't have like people who are struggling to make the D-League shooting guards. They, all these teams have good shooting guards. Um, mm-hmm. And and I, I just think OKC gives him the best um, place to be able to add a contribution. Um, also, I think OKC is the only place where D-Wade can start. And this is what I mean. I think that OKC could start a lineup of Russ, uh, Wade, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, and Steven Adams. I think you could start a lineup with that. Now, you obviously, you obviously want to balance out that talent, right? So what you do is because – uh, Wade and um, Mello are a little bit older. You remove them maybe six, seven, eight minutes into the first quarter, and then you bring in Robertson, you bring in Patterson, and then you roll with that. Now, when you want to make your next substitute change, you bring in Felton and you, for uh, Westbrook, uh, you bring in um, uh, uh, fuck. Uh, yes, um, <laughs> and then you bring in uh, somebody else, and like. But here's my point. You, you Johnson, roll. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you. But here's my point. You roll with 
you have Russell, Paul George play together in the interim while uh, D. Wade and Mello are taking a rest. Then you rest them, and you bring in Felton, and you bring in all those other guys, and you and and like you have Wade and you have Mello run the offense um, while those guys are resting, and then you bring those guys back in, and then you rest the bench guys, and then you rinse and repeat throughout the whole thing. Like you, like I really think that Wade could start on OKC. And like they could rotate it so that it it just works. Like you could you could make it so that there is no time on the floor in which you don't either have uh, Russ and PG or Wade and Mello or all four of them or any combination of three of them. Like to me, that is a lineup that could be the Golden State Warriors. And I will go out on a limb and say, if the fucking OKC Thunder get D-Wade, they will beat the fucking Warriors in a seven-game series. I'm just going to say it. I think mm-hmm. they will. Yeah. Hey. Y'all don't call Ooh. me crazy. I don't give a fuck. Y'all don't call me crazy, and <laughs> I don't blame you for it because it is kind of crazy, but I think they will beat them. I think they have the hunger to do so. Um, and I think Adam Wade, and I also think they're going to add David Lee. I think they're going to bring in David Lee to play the center, backup center position, um, and then, so you, I mean, you'll have a 11-man lineup, basically, so if anybody gets hurt, you can plug in anybody. Um, I, I mean, I think that's what they're going to do. Um, but what I want to focus on, because I've gotten a little off track here with my ramblings, uh, <laughs> Joel, <laughs> Dwayne Wade, he's been released. Bulls, from the Bulls, Cleveland, Miami, San Antonio, or OKC, which team do you think is the best for him and which team do you think he will choose? Oh, um, I, I still think it's most possible for him, for him to go to Cleveland because of his connection to LeBron. I think the East is an easier pass, so it would be easier for him to get to the finals with LeBron uh, in Cleveland. Um, but, yeah. So I, many shooting guards the there, there, man. I understand that, but he's better than all of them. (laughs) No. No. Well. No. Yeah. I I mean. No. Nick, no. I mean, I don't. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Who is he not better than? Maybe. He's not better than Well, I was going to. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when I was, like, questioning myself. Like, I mean, Jared's most younger, a little more athletic, like, but still, I'd probably still put Wade in No, no. Like, yeah, no, you're right. He's better than no, all the Wade. No. But, Stop like, it, he would have a lot more competition <laughs> to start. But, like, yeah, you're no, right. You're He's right. better He's than right. all that. Yeah. He is. No, like, no, look. no. You're right. You're right. He's better than all of them. He is. He is. Look, I mean, that's not really a debate. I mean, he's better than all of them. And he'll probably start there. If not, he'll come off the bench. I doubt it. So more than likely, it will place JR and JR go to the bench, which will strengthen the bench of the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
My thing is, I don't disagree, though. I think him going to the Thunder would be amazing because they need the depth because that's really what's going to be the problem with the Thunder this year is the depth. I'm like, we don't, can you trust the bench? Like, what does the Thunder bench look like right now? Who can you trust? Canner's gone. You know, who, who, who you got back there? Raymond Felton? Raymond Felton's not a bad bench player. Not, not at all. But, you know, it's what it is. He is what he is. You got the rookie Terrence Ferguson. Um, like I said, they signed the card Johnson. I like him. But he is Grant. He's he's a question mark. They got Grant, but again, he's just he is what he is too. He's not. He's a versatile player, but he's not really a, a scorer. He's more of a, def, a defender. He's a really athletic defender. Uh, but I think his, his athleticism would give you him bet. the edge. Essentially, but, what you're saying is right now you have a very loosely based eight man squad. Right, and with, that's, that's with, really a thing. right. Yeah, and with and with if you add D Wade, you've got a nine man squad, and that right, just right, helps right. exponentially with depth. Because right now with the with the Cavs, you've got what like an eleven man squad, like they got a mm. lot of depth over. They do. Uh, they got like Cleveland. twelve. They're like twelve deep. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So I understand yeah, Cleveland exactly. doesn't need them as much as OKC needs. Them. Like OKC and right. so many guys that do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they need that against the Warriors. And what the thing is, with that, the Cleveland Cavaliers still don't match up better than the Thunder do with Wade, in my opinion. Because no. I think, no. well, you know what I mean? I think the Whoa. Thunder with Wade yeah, match I disagree up there. I disagree there, but hold on. Let me I, let, make your point, but I disagree on that. You think wait, wait, wait. Let me make sure I got your point straight. With Wade, either the OKC Thunder with Wade or the Cleveland Cavaliers with Wade don't match up any better than they currently do against the Warriors. Is that what you're saying? I, no, I said I think the Thunder with Wade are a better matchup against the Warriors than the Cavaliers with Wade is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that I, I agree. agree. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah, that's what I thought you meant, Joel. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, I, that's yeah, how yeah. I feel. I mean, I think they're a better matchup. The Thunder with Wade are a better matchup than Wade with the with the Cavaliers. I think with the Cavaliers, what the biggest advantage right now the Cavaliers has is they have depth because they have a whole bunch of now they have a whole bunch of uh, like stretch wings. You know, they have Jeff Green. Yeah, they got uh, uh, Crowder. They got Richard Jefferson, Kyle Korver, uh, Iman Shump. They have wings everywhere, but no, none of them right. are better than Dwayne Wade, and that's really what, what it comes down to. And I'm like, it's either one of those yeah. two in my opinion. I don't know. I take you know? I, right now. I take Jay Crowder above Dwayne Wade. Uh, in terms yeah. of de- defensively, defensively, yeah. yeah. Well, all around, all around, just all around, all around, all around. I mean, better, better three point shooter, I'll, better I'll, defender. Like, well, he is a better three-point shooter. 3-and-D. No, he's, yeah, three he and is D, a better three-point shooter. He's like 39% <laughs> yeah. and, and D-Way's like 36. Like, he's a better three-point shooter. Way-Way doesn't yeah. shoot threes, though. He, he doesn't shoot threes. Yeah, that's true. No, he only, yeah, he he only added it to his game last year. So, right. yeah, yeah. No, right. I, I definitely agree with that. He can yeah. shoot, so, but I that's mean, not his game. Right. I mean, I, I see I see Nick Nick's big point, and I, I don't think – his ties to LeBron is why we should just assume that's that's where he's going. Um, if you look yeah, because he's got if ties to Melo. Right. right. If you're the Cavs yeah. organization, if you're the Cavs organization, you're telling Melo, listen, I mean, not Melo, I'm sorry, you're telling LeBron, listen, you cried all last year about having depth. We went out and got you a shit ton of depth. We can't add Wade to all this depth. 
You know what I'm saying? We already have oh, no, I think they would. The same I think they thing. definitely would that way. Uh, I'm going to say what, how much does he want, though? How much does he want? No, money won't be minimum. the issue. Money won't be the issue. It'll be the vet minimum. But it's the problem right. of it's too many guys that do the same thing, and now you're adding way to that. So the guys that are in, <laughs> yes, let's not forget, come January, Isaiah you. needs to come back in. Isaiah needs to come back in come January. So that's just way too much. That's way too, well, too close. Or, or if an injury if, pops up around there, then that's different. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, I was just going to say, even if you, like, even if, like, Isaiah doesn't come into your your contextual argument, like, Wade is not a point guard. Like, so no, try not. to utilize him as a – I mean, he, I'm not saying he can't. He's just not – that's not where his skill set lies at its best. And so, like, you can try to utilize him as that in replacement of um, Isaiah Thomas for the meantime. But, like, what does that say about Isaiah Thomas? And, like, what exactly do you want to do with Isaiah Thomas? Like, I, I just don't – I don't see – Dwayne Wade being necessarily productive for the Cavaliers, nor do I see uh, uh, the Cavaliers being productive for Dwayne Wade. I think OKC. Yeah, I agree. If, if you're going to pick a team that Dwayne Wade most makes the most sense for, it's OKC. Yeah, and I know a lot of people. Like I was listening to a lot of sports stations, they were saying Miami is still a heavy favorite. If Wade goes back to Miami, it's only wow, for a fair like world seven tour. Pointers. It's only a fair. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, no, no. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. even if they do get him, it's only for a farewell tour. So it's yeah, not necessarily for the idea of him. <laughs> right. So if Wade still, if Wade is still trying to tell people, hey, I still have a little bit left that I could contribute and help a team win a championship. OKC, hands down, is, is should be the the favorite to land him. I, I don't get how any other team makes more sense than OKC. Now, I'm not going to argue the, the semantics of will he fit or not. It's just a matter of that is if, if Wade's saying, listen, I want to go somewhere where, you know, I can help a team to win a championship, the best place to go is OKC. Because like the point Joel made, if you go to the Cavs, that doesn't give the Cavs, like, in, any more of a chance to beat the Warriors. Um, then if Wade has, it would would go to the to the the Thunder, I think Thunder is right. a better chance to to dethrone the Warriors than going to the Cavs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I I think if Wade if Wade if Wade's not in it just to play with a friend, and he's in it to win, there OKC should already have gotten a phone call. Like we should be hearing about this before Whoa. the week's over. And, and, yeah, and and still here's the thing: like his his other buddy is Mello, apparently. Yeah. That's, a, that's part of the banana boat crew, so um mm-hmm. so I, I feel like that's just that's just the way it should go. And, and, and Mello even said Mello <laughs> even said in his in his uh press conference, like when they asked him about D Wade, he said, Hey, is this tampering? And they were like, Nah, he's already a free agent. He said, All right, well, Wade, like you know where to go. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> like like yeah. yeah. Like exactly, uh, Chris. What do you think about this? Do you think Do you think Mello should go to? I mean, I feel like we've reduced it down to uh, Cleveland, 
or OKC, but maybe there's another spot you think he should go. Where do you think he should go? No, I mean, I really think that he should. I mean, if he's going to contend for another title, OKC, um, just because of the same thing. Like, when you look at the guys that come off the bench, and I agree with you, Nick, because, you know, but the one thing I'll probably change in the lineup is that I'll probably see Dwayne Wade coming off the bench um, just because just so they they can get that little bit of offense in there, you know, they can get that from Wade off the off the bench. And then you can bring them mm-hmm. off the bench. And the thing is that you can probably pay. I mean, I don't know how, you know, it's going to work with Raymond Felton coming off as well, but kind of put Wade as a, in like a combo. You know, he can bring the ball down the, the court sometimes, you know, because he's very dangerous going down. Well, and and, 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 and Felton can too. play off the ball. He proved that in LAC. He, he can play shooting guard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. He's done his whole career. So, yeah. So, I mean, like you can get, put the ball in his hands like once in a while, you know, it's, I mean, it's a lot of things he can do there. Um, but with the Cavs, it's just a lot of depth. And then you, like you said, you do have to think about Isaiah coming back. And I read, and I read in a couple of sources there, if he does go to Cleveland, he's going to have a definite starting spot. So they're going to have Jr. coming off the bench. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I mean that, that I mean that's what's going to happen. Have so, right. Yeah. So I mean it's, but like I said, I don't, I don't know what the thing is that right now with. With the current roster that the Cavs have, I don't see them beating okay, uh, not OKC, the Warriors. I don't see them beating them with or without weight. Mm-hmm. So I mean, so I mean, well, and that's the thing to go. me too. I don't, I don't, I don't see the Cavs beating them with or without weight. Uh, I definitely see OKC giving them more of a challenge with Wade than absolutely than Cleveland with Wade. Like that's just my personal opinion. I I mean I really do. I think that I I really think you could start all those guys together, and you could just splinter them off throughout the game, and 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 intermix them together and and make it work. I really think that like with the right scheme, with the right coaching, like you can make that work. Um, Maybe I'm wrong. I see your point. No, no, no. I I see your point because to a degree that's what Golden State does. Right. 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 Exactly. That's what they do. They they rest rest KD when they play uh, Steph and they rest Steph when they play KD. So, like, it's like you rest Russ and and Paul George when you play Dwayne Wade and you play – um, uh, mellow, and then vice versa. Like, and then you play them all together I mean, too. Like, like if, it, if it they go off that so much logic, to me. if they go off that logic, OKC is going to be a lot more dangerous uh, come playoff time. Because Russell Westbrook, I think, had the highest usage rating um, in the league last year. Uh, yeah, that's why you know that's why fourth quarter the guy just had like nothing left because he had to play. As much you know, as, as much minutes as they kept putting them out there for. So now, right. when you tell them, listen, come into the third quarter, you'll be on the bench, so you can start fresh in the fourth. He's, you know, mm-hmm. you're gonna get a a a fully rested and and uh, ready to go Russell Westbrook in the stretch when you need him the most. Like if I'm OKC, I don't really mind Melo being that tired in the fourth if I can get Westbrook and Paul George. Uh, well rested and ready to go, and especially if I get Wade. If Wade and Mello have to play with the bench majority of the third, 
I can just sit them while I have Westbrook and, and PG out there and then just bring them back closer to the uh, later in the game. So if, if they go by right. that method, but, again, picking up Wade is vital. Um, and I also wanted to throw in there um, picking up David Lee is also vital too. People keep sleeping on yes. his ability because he's not a flashy player. The guy oh, yeah, can play first. basketball. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. First, but the and guy he, can play some he basketball. Is, he is probably, honestly, he is probably the most um, coveted. He has to be at this point the most coveted free agent left on the market. Like, like mm-hmm. he is an amazing fucking player. He played so well in the absence of Pau Gasol last year. Um, when mm-hmm. when Pau Gasol went down for like a month or three weeks or whatever it was with, with injury, like David Lee stepped in and played so fucking good. And, and mm-hmm. like, I don't think that can be undersold enough, too. I think I, I really hope they get Wade and David Lee and you would have an eleven man rotation at that point because you got Jeremy Grant as that outlier. Um mm-hmm. but like yeah, like I agree, Juan. Like I, I, I totally think that they they would have just such an amazing lineup at that point. It would be mm-hmm. it, it would it would be amazing and it would be unpredictable. Yeah. I mean, I'd even say, and this is a joke before people take it uh, super serious, if OKC does get Wade and David Lee or even just Wade, I feel like <laughs> Golden State's going to call Bosch and go, listen, can you, like, play a little bit? Like, just a little <laughs> bit? You Can you just play a little bit? We'll sign you if you can play a, a little bit for us. That's how desperate the Warriors will start to, will start to become – if if Wade does indeed go to OKC, because then at that point it's no more of the oh well you know Melo and PG you know they have a chance it'll be more like well damn Westbrook Wade PG and Melo and they didn't get rid of Adams maybe we should mm-hmm. start taking that taking that team more serious. Well, it's like, right coming for the vet minimum, you know They're like veterans will yeah. start coming for cheap for that shit. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You'll see veterans. Like you'll see Steven Jackson get signed at that point. I'm playing. Like, yeah, God yeah, damn, yeah. man. Let, let me get up in this. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, all right, well, we've uh, established our talks on the D-Wade situation as it, you know, precludes the OKC and many other teams. I want to talk about a situation that we don't normally talk about. Um, we very rarely, in fact, this is the first time this channel has ever addressed politics. Um, it's not something that we, we really want to talk about, but, uh, you know, circumstances make it so that I personally, I'm not going to include y'all in that, but I, I feel like we kind of have to talk about it. Um, there's a few things that, that our president has done in, in, in recent weeks. And um, basically, uh, Donald Trump has rescinded a White House invitation to the Warriors. 
Um, he has also called NFL players to kneel for the national anthem, sons of bitches, and furthermore suggested that it, they should be fired. Um, and, you know, this coming just, just honestly a few days after calling for Jamel Hill's firing uh, because of her mm-hmm. tweets. Um, I just, I, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this sh- issue because obviously this is a basketball, an NBA basketball channel. Um, but I mm-hmm. felt like this is an issue that, uh, I mean, essentially the president has made a political issue a sports issue. And so I felt like yeah. we needed to address it. Um, I'm going to start with you, Chris. Uh, just what do you think about the the president's um, need to to make to, to meld sports with his politics? And um, what I mean, what do you think about all that? Um, well, in the words of of LeBron, you bum. I mean, this, I mean this. I mean, this guy is really trying to. He, he's just trying to 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 divide us. And I think if you watch a little bit of LeBron's uh, press conference, and he was talking about how you know how big you know how you know how together you know the sports world is, and, you know how sports can affect you know um, people's lives. I mean, you know, just going to a game can make a kid's day. Things like that. You know, players. You know, interacting. You know, same uh, interacting with you know you know special needs. Um, 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 release funds for you know hurricanes or different disasters, things like that. I mean, sports is a big thing. I mean, and this guy Trump, he's just. I mean, he. I mean, the thing is that he doesn't. I, I don't know what's going on. I just feel as though that he doesn't understand. Uh, you know, he just, he's not like a people's person. So I, I don't know what's his deal. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I mean, it's it's just ridiculous the way how he speaks out. Um, um, and the thing is that this country is just based off of uh, morals. You know, that's what this country is based off of. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, standing up for what you believe in, freedom, you know, and he's just like, he's like the total opposite of that, you know. You know, and that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly like he wants to repress any amount of uh, uh, freedom that any individual um that he doesn't agree with has. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's really kind of what it seems like. Um, uh, let me go to you, uh, Jawan. What do you think about um, all of the tweets? I mean, there's been so many, whether it be the LeBron or, or the LeBron reply or the Steph Curry tweet or the Jamel Hill, Hill tweet or the NFL tweet. What do you, I mean, what do you, what do you make <clears throat> of all of this from our president? Well, well, it's telling you that someone uh, is using their position of power uh, the totally opposite way of how they should be using it. Um, I'm seeing a lot of tweets uh, about basketball players and football players when, correct me if I'm wrong, someone in North Korea was saying something about war. So I would think that would be something more pressing than worrying about if someone's kneeling or not. Uh, to the point Chris was making. Well, and, uh, and let me let saying, me I hold hold on hold on, Jawan. Let me just point ahead. out too mm-hmm. that uh, that um, uh, Trump criticized criticized Obama when he pointed out that 
perhaps the Washington Redskins should consider changing their name. And in his tweet, he said that uh, the president has much bigger things to focus on. Um, yeah. So let's talk about mm-hmm. the, the pot calling the kettle black. Like, dude, that's Absolutely. like you, you are does, exactly – <laughs> yeah, but you, I mean, seriously, you are, like, seriously um, uh, uh, saying the exact same thing, uh, Not well, not even the exact same thing, but you are you are saying something similar and being criticized for it, and, and, and you criticize the former president for less than that. So, I mean, yeah. I just think that's... That's something that that can't be failed to be pointed out, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say to the point Chris was making about someone who doesn't understand, I'll even take it a step further. He doesn't want to understand. At no possible no, juncture no. is he sitting down with someone to try to better understand why these guys are choosing to kneel. Just like with people who are uh, rebelling against the whole idea of kneeling. They don't understand why they're kneeling. They just assume these guys are against America, they're against the flag, they're against what the flag stands for. When, I'll even point this out, in one of his earlier debates against uh, a couple of the other Republicans, when they were doing the national anthem, the other uh, candidates had their hand on their chest Donald Trump had his hands in his pocket. So, I mean, this is a guy who just says what he thinks is cool. Not He's not informed mm-hmm. about anything. And I think sports is definitely something. And furthermore, he, he, he should care not, about anything. Right. He should not try to merge politics and sports, especially if he's not looking to try to understand the other side and kind of get a clearer picture before he just says what he thinks is cool. Um, but yeah, I, I do, I do back what LeBron was saying that there is going to become a point of change somehow. Uh, what everyone's trying to do around sport, that won't, that can't, I won't say won't, but that can't be ignored if it continues through baseball, uh, you know, NHL, basketball, uh, if it just transcends outside of just football it'll really have to start opening up more people's eyes about what the true reasoning is for why they're doing it. And maybe it'll cause some positive change somewhere, hopefully soon down the line um, for the whole purpose of why they're doing it. But I mean, honestly, I, I just hate when he tries to mix politics with sports. And as far as him not inviting Steph Curry, as LeBron said, Steph Curry wasn't going anyway. So, I mean, you kind of just wasted your time with that. But that's typical Donald Dump uh, to do stupid things like that. But you can go ahead. Donald Dump. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't no, think no, so. no. I meant I met Donald Trump. I'm sorry. I, I didn't know what no, I said. No, no, no. Oh, sure you did. Sure was mistake. Um, you, you, fuck, dude. You should have owned that shit because uh, that was brilliant. Um, but uh, uh, Joel, um. I mean, what are your thoughts as far as you know what the what the president has had to say in 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 recent, um, uh, whether it be Twitter feeds or anything else? Um, I, I personally just think he's he's not uh he's not in the business of uh, unification. 
He's in the, the business of division. And that's kind of what he ran his campaign on. And, uh, and he's still doing it now. And, um, it's just not, or it's not really right. It's it's very unprofessional. If you read like no like no grown man should be on Twitter this much. It's ridiculous. First of all, second of all, goddamn right. Um, it's true. It's, I'm like it's ridiculous. And like second, it's like he just doesn't. The only, talk, the like, only grown like man who's on Twitter that much is Kanye West. Like like and yeah. and he and Kevin Durant. Durant. That's it. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Durant. Yeah, and that's with multiple fake accounts. Like, come on now. Yeah, exactly. You can never tell it's always him, but it's him. Um, but like I'm saying, like it's it's very it's the, it's really saddening because it's like he just doesn't. That's not what I consider a president. Like, not a not a man of power. The man that's supposed to lead this country. As more of a child than he is a man, and it's, that's really it's really upsetting, considering the situation. And the and the problem what I have really is that he's he's like now denouncing the Warriors and some they can't go when it was already stated that they like he's like I'm not going anyway. So because of one, he's gonna like screw them all. He's like not nah, all of y'all, but I don't think any of them are going anyway because I don't I don't think Steve Kerr was planning on going regardless. So it's like the Warriors we're not gonna go. So he just said, oh, let me get in front of this and say, oh, y'all can't come anyway. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, like, I mean, it was, like, like, it was like a, like I've heard a few people say, it was like a sixth grader who, uh, you know, wanted somebody to come to their, their birthday party. And right, right. they caught wind of them not wanting to come. And they said, hey, well, you're mm-hmm. not, nah, fuck you. You're not coming. Yeah, you're not invited. Like, you got, you're not, you're yeah. uninvited now. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, Joel, just to just to quickly yeah. add, because um, a lot of people aren't aware of this, because no one really followed up on this story. Um, what mm-hmm. he did to Jamel Hill uh, with calling her out the way he did, a lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm. Sports Center actually went to Michael Smith, telling him they're mm-hmm. gonna replace Jamel Hill. Michael Smith then fought for her. Then they went mm-hmm. to take Michael Smith and Jamel Hill off. Uh, and put two other black um, correspondents on, and when they turned it down, they settled with sticking with Michael Smith and Jamel Hill. So Damn. Using that I had no platform, idea about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Google that. That, that absolutely well, happened. Hey, prop, I, tell you that a few I will weeks say ago. this. Props to the people who turned that shit down, man. Power to the fucking yep. people, man. Yeah. So he's using his ultimate power. Uh, as our commander in chief, or he's supposed to be, to get a sports correspondent uh, fired. Did you say really? our slander in chief? Is that what yes, you said? Yes, there we go. Oh, slander in chief. That's that's what I said. Slander in chief. So <laughs> I, I know not a lot of people were aware of that. So I just wanted to point that out. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to point that out. That he almost did get Jamel Hill completely fired, rather than suspended. Well, and here's they the thing. They stood up for her. You got them credit. I, I, I want to point out a few things with this. Um, first of all, the fact that he wanted to try to fire Jamel Hill for stating her opinion via Twitter is utterly mm-hmm. hypocritical. The, the motherfucker stated his opinion so many times against Obama when he was working mm-hmm. for uh, NBC. NBC, I think. Yeah, 
And yeah, no, NBC. And <laughs> and 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 the Obama administration never at any point tried to say you should fire him. Get him fired. They, I mean, right. they just they just they just never did that. Um, and you know, there's just so many circumstances like this where he has said something via a tweet. And if you go back and you look at his previous tweets, it's counterintuitive to what he said previously. Like, literally, I'm not making this up. They have flip-flops. Like, the, the shoes that you wear, flip-flops, that have right. a, a tweet from Donald Trump on the right shoe and a tweet from Donald Trump on the left shoe that are counterintuitive to one another. Like, and this will just be added to that spectrum. Like, they they literally have those for sale for you to buy in which, like, there is a, a tweet on one shoe that is, is completely opposite of the tweet on the other shoe, and they're both from the same person. Like, yeah. This yep. is obviously a person who does not care about maintaining any sort of moral or or uh, 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 integral amount of anything. Um, and 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 one thing I want to say to this. Um, I know this isn't NBA related. I know this is this is strictly NFL related. Um, but I, I really I feel the need I feel the need to talk about this. Um, yeah. The fact that he came out against all of the NFL teams in the way that he did, it was remarkable. I mean, it really was. It it was crazy. And I'm glad that all of the teams unified. Um, yep. Although I do, I do think that uh, the message of what Colin Kaepernick was trying to achieve, um, it, it might be slightly a little bit, um, diluted with all of this brouhaha going around. Yeah. Um, and what that message that Colin Kaepernick was trying to achieve was, um, at least to me, was that there is a such thing as white privilege. And yeah. the fact that black lives matter and the fact that there is an obvious there's there's just like this obvious uh, uh uh scope of of difference between how cops perceive white people and black people and all of this thing and and like i don't i don't want to sit here and preach to to people about how 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 their lives um have benefited because they are white. Like I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't like. Trust me, white people don't like that. <laughs> like, 
I know. Cause no, I, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> I know they they hate it. They hate when you tell them that there's a thing called white privilege. They can't stand it, and um, and that's fine. Like whatever. But like, so I won't try to tell you how you have benefited off white privilege. I'm just going to tell you how I have benefited off white privilege. I've been arrested twice, and I have not been charged twice. Um, I was arrested for marijuana possession, which was dropped, and I never served any time and never um, faced any further charges uh, from said charge. I was arrested for maintaining a disorderly house, which was a bullshit charge. Um, uh, And the other one was, too. The marijuana was not mine. Um, There was circumstantial uh, reasons as to why I was charged for that, um, and I think it was dropped because of that. Um, But nevertheless, uh, it was dropped, and the maintaining uh, disorderly house charge was dropped as well. I've been pulled over twice. uh, Well, I guess three times. I've been pulled over twice for speeding, um, both of which I did not... Uh, receive a ticket, one of which I had uh, cocaine and uh, marijuana in my possession. Um, I, uh, I I was also, I had um, uh, a, a officers pull guns on me um, uh, once, uh, another separate time, um, but no shots were fired. Um, I did not apparently pose a threat to those officers. Um, That's like six different times where I, a white individual, um, was basically able to um, not have any sort of inherent um, uh, uh, life-detrimental conflict happen and, I, you know, excuse me if you don't agree with me, but I can't help but think that's because I was white. Like, like you're going to tell me that the two times I got pulled over for speeding, one of which I had illegal drugs on me, um, uh, that, you know, I didn't get a ticket. That, that was because mm-hmm. I was white, you know. I mean, and all the other right. things that I've mentioned. Like, I... I there, that in and of itself, to me, and I'm not trying to to, to, to to put this on anybody else, but that in and of itself, to me, is white privilege. That is what it means to have white privilege. And like, don't get me wrong, I'm fucking thankful for that. I'm thankful that I didn't get arrested as many times as I should have. I'm thankful that you know I got off for the arrest that I did get arrested for uh, that shouldn't have happened. Um, you know, all of that considered, I just think that, um, uh, let's just put it this way, um, white people don't think about those things 
as white privilege, and they should start thinking about them as white privilege. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I completely agree, and I think it's it goes to a, a much bigger issue. I think because you hear a lot of times of. Um, a lot of people saying, oh, you know, it doesn't just affect African-American lives, it's everyone. And I guess what I say to that is I don't know if everyone fears when a cop car pulls up as much as African-Americans have to right. in this time right. in this time, uh, in this time that we're in. And that's not to say right. that it doesn't like happen when, to other races. I, I'm, I'm, I'm right. sure it does, but, you know. Right, uh, and that's what we, I'm saying. Uh, when, I got, when, I, when I had guns drawn on me, I, like, I like I didn't really fear for my life, and I think that if I had been an African American, that might have been a different scenario. That 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 could have very well been a different scenario. That's all I'm saying. No, I completely but, agree, and I I just you know for for us to you know to wrap this up to go back to you, Nick. I, I just wanted to be known. I'm sure it happens to all races, but there is a point where we have to start realizing that uh, cop violence on African-American lives are something at a a much higher rate than anything else. I mean, you have parents, you have parents that when a kid, you know, goes, hey, I'm going to go to the store real quick. You have parents that go, no, 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 let me drive you or no, 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 go tomorrow when I can take you. Like, it's not, they don't feel as comfortable with the son walking around the corner to go to a store to go get some some snacks or for the son to go walk to his friend's house on the off chance that he's pulled over for some craziness and possibly loses his his life. I mean, that's not a world where when you're advertising home of the free and it's the greatest place in, in the world, but I have to fear going to the corner store or I have to fear that if the guy you're telling me I should call if I'm in trouble stops me, mm-hmm. he's the guy that takes my life. I, there, there's just a lot of things that go into it that's just a larger scope than people going, well, it happens to everyone. Well, the point we're trying to make is it's not no, right it for anyone. Well, and that's so, you know what I'm saying? But e- even in that case, it, it, it's just... It doesn't. You're right. No, even doesn't. if you want to play the, even if you want to play that game, the larger point is we're trying to stop it from happening to anyone. Right. So the Absolutely. the point of it is we we need to bring awareness to it. And if you're saying, hey, it happens to Hispanics or or Indians all the time, well, we're trying to say it doesn't get shed any light on. Like no one comes out to speak about it. So when it happens to African Americans and it's documented Whoa. and it's taped and officers are still getting away with it, we're trying to say, listen, if we can stop this, it stops it for everyone. So you then right. don't have to worry well, about it. So instead and, of fighting yeah, it because and, you're like, well, it's not just African Americans, how about you join the fight so it, it stops for everyone? Fuck yeah. And, and like, my point is this. Like I, like, I got arrested twice. I got let off twice. I got uh, pointed a gun at by... Uh, two different cops and I wasn't shot. Like, so that's like three different circumstances where I was arrested. One, two, did not get charged either time um, because they were bullshit charges. Um, and then uh, got, uh, uh, you know, uh, had a, a gun pointed at me uh, two different times. And, and, and the thing with me is like, if, 
if I had been black, <laughs> do you think that I would have gotten off those two different times where I I would not I, I should not have been charged? Um, do you think that I would have not been shot? Um, uh, obviously, in an instance where I should not have been shot because I was not a threat. Um, I'm 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 challenging people to see it as in the instance of <laughs> those are three different circumstances in which I benefited off of white privilege. Like that's just from my experience, like my personal I mean, experience. Like one, two, I mean, three, it's... I benefited because I was white, and had I not been white, I. Who knows what would have happened? You know. I mean, like I, I'll honestly, mm-hmm. I'll honestly say this, Nick. The the issue we're gonna run into with that is, it's one of those things to where it's like you can't know it till you live it. So you've lived it, yeah. so you get that now. You get that now. But there's a lot of people, you know, that that aren't African American or Hispanic or or Indian, who never come across that. Uh, you know, some some of the cops live in their neighborhood. They know yeah, but, them by first name. So, yeah, but, you know, a lot of issues but, but, but like that. Don't... One, I get you. Right. I get where you're coming from. But, like, I'm just telling you, like, that is – and, again, that's why I said that, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, trust me, all of my white – or most of my white friends would hate for you to tell them that they – white privilege like they would be they would be so adamantly against that they would be like nah white privilege is a myth blah 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 and I'm sitting here telling you I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you've had white privilege because I haven't lived your life but I tell you that I've had a white privilege and this is how I know that I have Right. Because of these right. three different circumstances. That's yeah, all. Yeah, that's saying. what I'm saying. That's it's, all. I'm it's saying. one of those things to where it's proper perspective. Now you've lived it, so you get it more more so now than you ever have before. But that's exactly. what I'm saying. A lot a lot of people in those circumstances, like I said before, the biggest thing is a lot of these cops live in their neighborhoods. They know them by Bob and John, so they don't really come into situations like that all that often. So you've actually lived it, so you get that perspective. Um, you know, so uh, all, all I'm saying is it's, it's just a matter of if the NFL and the NBA can help us shed even more light on social issues like this so we can bring a stop to uh, these injustices, then I'm all for it. I mean, we just had the Cowboys before this Cardinals game. Everyone, including Jerry Jones uh, on the Cowboys, took a knee in, in the middle of the field. And I appreciate wow. that. I appreciate that. Uh, that's powerful. That's powerful. It, it, it truly is. And if we can get that during an NBA season from these, these polarizing teams, these teams that, uh, you know, people know worldwide, th- that might help us to, to get our point across. And that's why I think it's powerful that these players are deciding that these social issues are bigger than their brands and it's time they mm-hmm. speak up. Uh, so I, I really hope that, we could take social issues into sports and spin them for a positive rather than how our, you know, our so-called president is using it in a negative light. 
So, you know, yeah, I, I just really, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, I don't well, know if you guys and, watch. And, yeah, uh, go ahead, Chris. Chris, go ahead. Yeah, I don't know if you guys watch um, WNBA, you know, because I watch all forms of basketball. Um, uh, Right before, you know, the game of the Minnesota Lynx and the Los Angeles uh, Sparks game, you know, the, the uh, Sparks went into the locker room for the National Anthem while the Lynx just locked arms. I mean, so, I mean, I think it's a, it's a thing becoming, you know, over all sports, you know, even in baseball, um, you know, soon to be soccer. I mean, it's, 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 it's something that's going to, you know, sports are going to, sports are going to have a, a great influence in, you know, our society. I mean, it's a good thing, a good thing to watch. And just really mm-hmm. quick, Nick, I, I just want us to stress because this, this, this does have to do uh, with sports to a small degree. I do need everyone to understand uh, the people who kneel or the people who decide to go into their locker rooms. It is by no means to disrespect the, the men and women who put their lives on the line day Absolutely. in and day out. Uh, the the mm-hmm. biggest the bigger purpose of this is injustice is happening and you know we take nothing happens we speak like about it let's point happens. it out let's point it out injustice against particularly African American individuals right. who get right. killed so it's, it's, unproportionally to it has any nothing other it has and honestly, it has nothing to do with the national anthem itself or the men and women that that it stands for. Absolutely. The thing is, right. everyone everyone who's getting upset about everyone who's starting to kneel, what they have to realize is you empowered this by you making a big right. deal about Colin Kaepernick doing it. You only brought mm-hmm. more attention to it. So if you yeah. want to complain about something, you should have complained. You should have kept your mouth shut. A year ago, when Kaepernick started doing this, and then it would not have ever been it, a deal. It but, wouldn't have been an issue. It wouldn't because honestly, the in the scope of things, he was one player kneeling in a league full of thirty-something teams. So you made right. that into now basketball talking about yeah, you know, if it comes up and we all agree, we'll do it too. So now you've well, made it a bigger issue than what it ever yeah. was. And here's the thing: that's all Trump. That's all Trump. Yeah. Because yeah. Mm-hmm. because Trump is the one who pointed this out um recently. Um and that is the individual who inspired he gave it life. Yeah, yeah. All of this all of he this brought us all together. And 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 the crazy and, thing is uh, even but, though Kaepernick's not thing, playing, though, he's still here's winning. Here's the thing though, Juan, here's the thing though. I I hope he's brought us all together. But Mm, not all of them. I, mean, I don't. I don't not know. Not all of us. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Not all of us, obviously, but like, here's the thing. I don't know because um, now this whole kneeling thing has been mm-hmm. manufactured into a sense of um, if you mm-hmm. kneel, you're protesting against Trump, and it it, it almost it almost a, yeah, shed, yeah. loses loses momentum as far as what it was originally and 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 it was originally for um mm-hmm. injustices um by the police against african americans because right. like let's face it dude like i like i don't care what you want to say as far as like like i mean republicans will throw out well white people are killed 
way more than black people. Well, yeah, because black people only make up 12% of the fucking society. Like, let me give you a stat. Like, uh, a black person in St. Louis is almost, almost, not quite, but almost twice as likely to be killed by a cop than anybody else in the whole fucking country is to be murdered by any particular individual. It's like nine, I, I want to say it's nine to 500,000 to 10 to 500,000. Like, that's a big fucking deal. Like, and and I just don't think that the powers that be understand that. I really don't no. think they get it. And honestly, to be honest with you, society to a degree does not understand that. That's why we're still facing the issues of a nation divided because they don't get that. But that's why I stress the reason why they don't get it is because until you live it, until you get a phone call telling you that your son's not coming home because, you know, last time you spoke to him, he went to the store to go get something to drink, and now he's not coming home. Until you've lived that, you don't get it. So for you to say that it doesn't exist or it's manufactured or we're making a bigger deal out of it than, than it actually is, until you receive that call, you will not understand what these families are going through and how much yeah. of an issue this truly is. So, I mean, that's, that's just yeah. where I, I get offended from, um, from that stance, having a younger, a younger brother and two younger sisters. Uh, a phone call of me telling them, hey, you want to go to the store real quick? Go ahead and go down the to, to shop right or whatever. And then the dreadful phone call of that was the last time I spoke to someone that I, I, I love. You know what I'm saying? So until you, you, you've been through that, you can't truly get it for you to be knocking it as if it doesn't happen. Right. Mm-hmm. By the way, um, I just want to, we got about three and a half minutes left. And so I got to make the best of what we got left with our topics. We got a lot left and we're not going to get to them all by any means. Um, but to to touch base on this in particular, um, yeah. I'm gonna I want to talk to you, Joel, because I haven't heard from you in a minute. What did you think about uh, LeBron James um, and his his comments, particularly as it as it pertained to um, uh, Donald Trump and you know kind of what he stands for and. Uh, where LeBron stands. I'm proud of him, man. I mean, I, after hearing him talk, I'm proud of the way that he took a stand and he knows that he's using his power for 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 good. You know what I mean? He knows he has a mm-hmm. he has a uh a following and he knows he has a voice and he knows he has that kind of people look up to him. And so I do like the fact that he he says it that he's like I'm gonna look out for the for the best for the people, and uh, he's not gonna let anybody, no matter what who he or she, as he said, um, no matter what power they are, to like hold him down and and uh, he, that he will stand up to the forces like the likes of a uh, Donald Trump, for instance, that will speak down on on, uh, on social issues like this. Um, so I, I I'm both proud of him. I, I like I liked what like his speech. I don't really know it for, for verbatim or anything, but uh, I thought he did stand up and is uh he is the face of the NBA and he showed it um, today. Uh, I think he did 
Like uh, he yeah. did what he had to do. Absolutely, man. I I don't like what he had to say about Kyrie because he called him kid five times. And if sure. we had time, <laughs> we would get to that. Um, but yeah. but we don't have time, so we're gonna we're gonna focus on the issue at hand. Uh, uh, Chris, yeah. What do you think about uh, what do you think about LeBron's statements there? Um, I mean, like I said, uh, sports. Is really, you know, is in, you know, really affect our society. And uh, I want to, you know, piggyback on what Joel said. You know, he showed that he is like the face of the NBA, and he and he showed that, hey, you know, this is what I believe in. This is what I stand for. Um, you know, just, you know, just, you know, that positive reinforcement to everybody. Like, you know, it, for me, it was kind of like, you know, listen, like, you know, this is what I think, and this is what I believe, and I'm going to stand by it. Um, you know, just, you know, stand by what you believe in. You know, um, and LeBron really showed that. Absolutely, man. Um, Jawan, I wish I could get to you. I wish I could get to me, but uh, we we got to close out the show. I want to thank every one of y'all for being here with me. It was a fucking awesome show. I loved it. It was great. Um, my name is Nick, Jawan, Joel, Chris. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it was another great show, and we will see you next week, same time, same channel, Full Court Press. Mm-hmm. Peace out, bitches. You, Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.